Hello, everybody. Welcome to Political Football, part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. My name is Dave. I'm here with Scott. We're going to be doing the uh, NFC South and AFC South Division Review this week. If you remember back before the season, we did four weeks doing the previews. Well, now we're going to do the reviews. We're going to discuss what happened with the teams, go back over their drafts, and see sort of what ask ourselves kind of what they need to do going forward during the offseason to improve. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing Good all right. Day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm well. I'm doing all right. I'm down uh ten pounds over two weeks. What'd you do? Stopped eating so much. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I took up a uh, um, running on our. We have a we have a treadmill, and immediately gave myself a calf strain after workout number five. Um, wasn't <laughs> wearing the pro. Didn't you blow a hammy and tear an Achilles or something drafting best ball teams and trying to do too much? A year no, ago? it was also a calf strain, but it was both legs because I couldn't quit. <laughs> so I overcompensated, did it both legs. <laughs> but uh turns out some research has shown me it's a footwear problem. I don't have the proper shoes for getting for old is this. crazy for the footwear. It really is. Yeah, yeah. It's uh I have a- a long story about a uh, a Disney related uh, foot injury that was self induced, and in hindsight, I can't believe uh, literally how stupid I can be at times. Like, <laughs> in hindsight, would you wear like Crocs? Crocs to Disney? No, not Crocs, but not good shoes either. Um, and you know, you just get enamored and enthralled in it all, and then you take your shoes off, and it's like. Wow, my foot is crooked. Yeah. Should have seen that coming. Yeah, no, absolutely. Proper footwear footwear is very important for uh for preventing for preventing these injuries. So hopefully Clay will be joining us here uh here pretty soon. Before we get into the division reviews, was there anything that happened during the NFL this week, the news, the offseason, anything you wanted to get off your chest while it was uh, happening here? The Rogers Dark Room or Daniel Jones wants forty five million or anything like that? Not really. I mean, I, this is all. This has all always been like the um, silly season. I guess that's the, what everybody calls it. But like, this is the point between the end of the season and the start of real things. Like, uh, normally combine is a, you know, like a week and a half or so, two weeks after big things happen, and, and we still have a week and a half for combine to start. Mm-hmm. It just feels like there's been an extra week added into the nonsense uh, layer of things. Like, you know, just this is the time where you're, are you really paying Daniel Jones $45 million? Really? I mean, I, I know I, what the market is and I get it. But, I think it's a negotiating tactic. I think he wants to get to 40. I mean, if that's the market, so be it. But maybe the giants need to shop at a different store. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't go shopping for Daniel Jones, perhaps, unless they like Daniel Jones, and then then that's the price for Daniel Jones. That it just is what the price is. But it makes well, me it, wonder. I guess I did. I guess I do have some stuff to get out. Yeah, there At you some go. Point, yeah. Um, it seems like every quarterback contract that comes along is is kind of like a one up of the last one. And at some point in time, there has to be a middle class kind of like uh, regrouping of things. Like, I'm sorry. I like Daniel Jones and I liked him coming out, but the idea that he's in the, in the tier of 
the upper, you know, like the upper top five, whatever you want to call them, of, of quarterbacks right now. And just because he's coming due with his contract right now means you have to pay him that way, I think is nonsense. So Watson I understand gets, what he's doing. Yeah, I don't Wat- blame him. Watson gets 55 million. Kyler will get 51. Hertz wants 50. Lamar wants 56 or something. Mahomes will be at 50 here pretty soon. He's going to get one reworked. Yeah. 45 comparatively is well below where, because Burrow's going to come in over 50. Herbert's going to come in over 50. So when you think about who's coming behind him, I don't think 45 is unreasonable. It's just, if you, I, I agree with you. If you're the Giants, aren't you better served just swinging on a rookie on a rookie deal and hoping for the best? Yeah. And the, and the real value in those contracts is not necessarily in, in saying, you know, if, if Burrow's going to get 52 or 53 and therefore Daniel Jones deserves 45, all of the values in the extra seven or eight, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you're paying a guy 45 when the elite ones are getting 52 or 53, you're settling, you're settling for a quarterback purgatory. You just are right. If you want to do that, that's fine. But you know, it's kind of like doing it right now. Yeah. It's like either buy a $15,000 car or a $50,000 car buying a $30,000 car. It's like, well, right. Either drop down and save. Or just just go up and get what you want. Don't expect a $30,000 car to perform like a $50,000 car does. That's all. You know, and, you know, in those terms, I think you can, you can get away with Daniel Jones. um, If it's a short term deal, I mean, maybe they just tag him and it's a one year thing. Um, Uh, I don't know though. That's dangerous though. Cause if he does it again, now he's going to want 55. But it might be worth it. You know what I mean? Like if he yeah. it, like if we if we're viewing this as a one-off, if he does it again, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a good answer. I don't. I guess yeah. I'm just bitching to bitch. I mean, at, towards the end of the season, when we were talking about this on this show. I said they'd be crazy to bring him back because they're going to have to pay him. And you and Cleve thought he had done enough to earn his way to earn his way back, but once well, I mean. Time to put pen to paper. Paying Daniel Jones forty-five, forty million dollars a year is, and yeah, in my, I guess, what I said was ignorant then because I never would have conceived that it would have been it would have been that number. It just I never would have thought it that it would have been there. Yeah, you thought you'd come with like the thirty-one million Jared Goff. I number. yeah, I would have thought they would he'd have come in you know, in and around the top ten range, but nowhere near threatening you know to be the highest paid. Or one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Well, the thing is, I don't think it is one of the highest paid because certainly by the time the contract is over, he'll be in the bottom half of quarterbacks again in terms of salary. Yeah. So right now he is, he would be my guess, a top five ish paid quarterback. Watson, Kyler, Rogers, Mahomes, and Lamar makes that much. Mahomes is about to hit 50. At some point during this 10-year contract, he gets up there. Um, and also, he's going to rework his anyways to, to make sure he gets it. I know. I'm just – it's just like, you know. Um, um, Kyler's going to be over 50 next year. And then, like I said, Burrow's coming up. Herbert's coming up. They're going to get over that. Uh, Lawrence will get over that when his time comes. So, like, by the time – it's say Daniel Jones gets a four-year – 45 mil per year deal. He'll be like the 17th highest paid quarterback when the deal is over. 
in it. And by that logic, I don't think it's super terrible. It's just tough because it's Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? I, yeah. And that's, I mean, part of it is also like, I go back and forth on it too, because it's like, you know, he doesn't really have weapons and he played pretty well last year. I mean, he really did. He took care of the ball. Um, I get why they would want the stability of having him as their starting quarterback. I get it. It's just, I, I guess I just need to let go of the number. The number doesn't matter. And it doesn't mean anything in the big picture that what we're talking about anyway. It's just it, the numbers, whatever the number comes in at, and so be it. Um, Mahomes is like a, his cap hit is 47 million. A, a paltry 47 million. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. But I think uh, next year it goes over 50. Yeah, I'm looking. His cap hit or cap hit? Um, yeah, there's one year where it goes to 60. Yeah. So, and then the back, the back two in like 2030 and 2031 are in the 50s. But right now, like this coming season, he's 47, and then it's 44, then it's 46. And I, I'm, if we, if you average out those three, Jones is going to be paid like Mahomes for the next three years. Yeah. I think, I think Mahomes is getting a new deal. Um, <laughs> he should. If that's, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, by the time we get to the East divisions, which will be in a couple of weeks, we'll probably have uh, some. Well, we'll have to. They'll have to make a, a tag decision by then. Yeah. So we'll we'll know by the time the Giants come up again what they've decided to do in um in this regard. So the other thing I want to talk about, uh, I sent Cleve a graphic that showed every quarterback that has started for the Jets since Mark Sanchez has oh. a losing record. And, Why would you do that to him? Well, because I was meant to be like excited because they're I think they're gonna get Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But of course he saw it as a hostile act. I, so he responded uh-huh. with like a so he responded with a year by year um like <laughs> recounting of the Lions record from like 2005 till now or 2000 till now. And I didn't realize something looking at that, but the Lions had three out of four winning seasons from like 14 to 18 or something. And uh, Scott, how many games since the 2011 season began do you think the Jets have won total? Since the 2011, so in 12, 11 seasons, mm-hmm. 12 seasons? Yeah. Because um, in, in 09 and 10, they made the conference championship game. So since they did that, uh, they've won 70 games. In, in that time, seasons, yeah, uh, oh, or twelve six. seasons, yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. In that same time period, how many games have the Lions won? Forty-nine, eighty-three. I'm a moron. So it, it, it's funny because we always consider the Lions to be like bottom of the barrel, bottom of the league. It's Jacksonville, Houston, Cleveland, Detroit, or whatever. But it just hasn't been the case, and it just made me think, like, how many other fan bases are sort of off base like that with who, You're like, right, with, like about their team? Kind of gloss over the 2013, 14, and 15 years where they rolled into the playoffs and then promptly got, you know, yeah, violated quickly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, in, in 14 by the officials. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But I remember, you know, I remember them going to. 
was it New Orleans one year where it was just like it was obvious they had absolutely no chance. Yeah. And then I want I want to did they play Seattle in the playoffs too? Yep, they played Seattle. Just, no chance there. Not a no prayer. Yeah, they beat the Cowboys on the road. Then the refs made them beat them twice. They couldn't do it. Yep. And then the next week was the Des Bryant no catch game. So it was just this. That was a ball don't lie for the Cowboys right there. But it's just like and Cleveland's bringing up like the 0-16, which of course is always there. Yeah. But that was like the year Obama got elected the first time. Yeah. That's that, a long time ago. Yeah. Like the distance from then to now going forward is 2038. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like I don't – but it's still so fresh in my mind. So I was just wondering if that was a thing with just like with us or with other fan bases or something like that. Where they I mean, just for like, me, it's recency bias for sure. I'll, I, all I think about when I think about the Lions is Patricia, the, yeah, Patricia and Bob Quinn, and that you know, the Bob Quinn with the baseball bat in the draft room and just laughing at, at that whole concept. Like, <laughs> come on, man, like, come on, it's so embarrassing, <laughs> you know, like maybe again, this is the lesson for the, the, for the evening, I guess. We should have seen this coming. It's it shouldn't have been difficult to look at Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn and think this is going to be a very terrible failure. I'm just I'm happy it failed as quickly as it did. Yes, and they and and they can move on to an absolutely insane man who seems to be a good football coach. So, um, yeah, I was just thinking that too because I was thinking about like my other fandoms and. When I was younger, I didn't have a clear sense of Michigan football. I assumed yeah. that like they were always like a top five, yeah, team. Like no matter what was happening, um, not anymore. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know. The Red Wings were good. I thought they were good. Now they're not so good. I don't think they're that good. The yeah. Pistons are garbage. Like it just, but the Lions, it's just like in my head, like oh, for the last ten years they've been terrible, but they haven't been. They've yeah. been mostly mediocre with a couple decent seasons, a couple bad seasons. So, yeah, um, yeah, but, you know, it, it's a shame too because those teams were good. Those Caldwell teams were good teams. They just couldn't get over the hump. But yeah, you know, uh, and Dominican Sue and Nick Fairley in the inside there, and Ziggy Ansa and some of the other stuff they had going on. DeAndre Levy was awesome for yeah. the, that short little run that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that was because of how great that defensive line was, though. But in the end. You know, I know that we think the referees kind of took that game from the Lions, and they did, but the Lions did have the ball at midfield, too. And, you know, Stafford went Stafford and just kind of like, you know. I mean, it, I'm not saying the, the, the Lions didn't get completely screwed because they did. But, you know. <laughs> What's happening here? Oh, just we're just get, we're just getting ready. We're just getting ready. You know, I thought that, produce, was, I thought that was a picture of Cleve and <laughs> with the white beard. <laughs> oh man! Oh. No, give it, give it, give it, give it a couple, give it a couple more, a uh, couple more years for the for the audio listeners. There's a picture of Lovey Smith up on the screen as we're about to start talking about the AFC South. <laughs> um. Oh man. Uh, Paul said that's racist. I mean, how? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it could be ages because they're both old. I don't know. Um, these. Oh, I will how say old the is Lovey Smith though. Seriously. Oh, oh he's he's got to be he's got to be sixty five. No way. 
I'm looking it up. <laughs> Again, no, this, this doesn't matter, but I'm doing it anyway. Okay, so while while Scott's looking up how old Lovey Smith is, I will uh, go ahead and bring us into this next topic here. So we are going to be reviewing the Southern Divisions here. Um, probably our least favorite divisions to just talk about in general. Not much going on in any of these divisions, say for maybe Jacksonville. Was? I thought he was 65. Um, he's 66, <laughs> I think. Good call. Uh, oh, thank you. Um, good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't put this picture there to dog Lovey Smith. It's just because he got fired as coach of the Texans. Well, I mean, if you took away the beard, you would never project that as a 65-year-old dude. No. He doesn't, you know. No. He was better than I do. But that's, that's kind of a low bar. Let's move on. <laughs> So, th- not our favorite divisions to talk about. Matty Ice famously hates the AFC South. Um, but there is some interesting offseason stuff coming up here. So, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got our uh, our sort of uh, visual guide to take us through the teams. If you're listening on audio, it is a YouTube live stream. There's a link in the show notes. Go to the link, like, and subscribe. Because as we go through for the future ones here, there's going to be three more of these. We'll have the same similar um, visual uh, visual guide. So uh, the fourth place team in the AFC South Scott was the Houston Texans, which you and I did predict on the uh, season preview episode for, for these divisions. We did predict that they would finish uh, dead last. Now we can see here that uh, the Vegas win total was four and a half. So Vegas came in over. Cleve said they would win six games. Remember, he yeah. also called for Lovey Smith to be coach of the year. And if they would have won six games, he, you detailed it out. I think it was last episode. Yeah, there's no chance that a guy who wins six games wins coach of the year. But he'd been, we, he'd we been top be five. Talking about how great a job he did. Right, right, absolutely. Um, now, what's important to note here is that they actually won two of their final three games to lose the number one pick. Yeah, which is going to cost them. And I love how Lovey. I think knew he was going to get fired, so he just won the games. I'm sticking it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah. So they fired their uh, head coach, Lovey Smith, and for the third straight year, they've hired a black head coach. They hired D'Amico Ryan's, the former uh, San Francisco defensive coordinator. Uh, Scott, I really like that hire. I do too. Um. Just so we all get it, I tend to like all of the hires that are made, um, because it's hard to have like a real solid opinion on random coordinator from random city that you don't follow all that well. Having said that, D'Amico Ryans is not that guy. Like it's easy to see where, where he's been successful and how, mm-hmm. and how he should have some, he's set up for some success here. He is a good coach. He really is. Yeah. And so part of that being set up for the success here is that for their cap room, they have $38 million, which is the fourth most, also, their draft capital is insane because of the Deshaun Watson trade. They have the number two and number 12 overall picks and five picks in the first three rounds. Yes. Do you think, I mean, they're going to trade up with Chicago to make sure they get their guy right with all this, with all these picks they can give up uh, the number two and a third rounder and Chicago would snap that up. You know, I think they will, but I don't know because – so this this is going to be a really interesting draft. Um, 
the quarterback, the the top four quarterbacks, could we could do a two-hour episode on this. Uh is anybody really buying the idea that you're drafting a five foot ten, 185-pound quarterback? Are we buying the idea that somebody's trading up to one for that player? Yes. Regardless of what do you think you think somebody will do that? Yeah, he's he's the best quarterback in the draft. So yes. Okay. If that's if that's how we're if that's our approach, that's fine. Um, I mean, we can just, we can, that's cool. Uh, I, so CJ Stroud has the same agent as Deshaun Watson does. Mm -hmm. My guess is the Texans are not in on, on CJ Stroud period. Okay. So if, if you're thinking about it, like, like I am, that the size is an issue to be trading up to one that leaves one of two players to me. And it's, it's Anthony. I got it right. Richardson <laughs> and, and will love us. And, you know, um, if it's me there, I'm picking Richardson and I'm doing it twice on Sundays and I'm thrilled I'm doing it, but um, I'm with you. Bryce young is the best right now, the best quarterback in this draft. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's some context that goes with that. That makes me kind of just, it, there's a little trepidation which is a big word for me. I hope I used it right, accurately. Um, there's just a little bit of a pause. Like uh, he is literally like a high school point guard. Are you, are you, are you really giving up assets to go get him? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't think the size is going to be as important um, going forward as it used to be. Cause like you can't even touch the quarterback anymore. Um, so I don't think it's as much of a thing. Plus, Bryce Young just has always reminded me a lot of Drew Brees. Yeah. Stylistically, production-wise, just just the whole thing. So I don't have any questions about Bryce Young. Now, somebody might prefer one of these other guys. However, whoever Houston prefers, I assume they're going to want to go get because somebody else will go to number one if they don't. 100%. Whoever so, they prefer, they will lock it up. Yes. Now, if they prefer Richardson, maybe they don't go to number one because they assume nobody's going to number one for Richardson. Yeah. Right? So if that's the case, then maybe they don't. But my guess is that they're going to have to go to number one. If they want Stroud, Levis, or Young, they're going to have to get up there to get them. And there will be competition, too. I, would, I mean, Indy's in the mix there, too. Oh, yeah. They're coming up. They're coming up. Um, Vegas is, is seventh. Atlanta's eighth, Carolina's ninth. Those teams need quarter. There's that's that's what I mean. This whole the four quarterbacks are gonna. It's gonna be really interesting to to see where it all shakes out. But yeah. being that they have two twelve and a bunch of you know seconds and thirds, yep. they should be able to do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Uh, so I just realized that for the Texans, I put key free agents, none terrible roster. What about Laramie Tunsil? And it was so bad that I actually forgot to list the free agents for every other team. <laughs> because <laughs> um, i was like wow that's terrible we don't need that um so for the rest of this one there won't be any key free agents i i uh i apologize unless we know off the top of our heads but it's the southern divisions like who is there really um but big questions of the offseason as we've been talking about what are they going to do at the quarterback position we know they're going to draft one they're not going to sign jimmy g like they're going to draft one with their number two overall pick or trade up to number one right they're not signing Derek carr no, well, I mean, they have the cap space to do it, but it doesn't make – you have Davis Mills that you can play. Yeah. 
you know what I mean? Like Davis Mills can start for you this year. What if you draft a quarterback who needs a little bit of time? You have the ability to do that. They're not pressed to need a uh, you know a veteran guy. They're not. So yeah. no, I don't think they would do that. And they have two first round picks next year again, right? They do. And so that's, that's the year to be really. Yes. That's the prize. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they could come out. I mean, they might think about that though. They might think like, well, what if we take two? What if we take Will Anderson instead? And then next year we're tanking for Caleb Williams or something like that. And like yeah. do it in reverse. But mm, I, that's. That or, would be a little too you, cute by half. Let's say you go, you you trade out and you drop, you go to seven or nine and you get their first deck. I mean, you want Carolina's first for next year? Please. You're yeah, in, I mean, you're in the ball game, right? Like you're and, in the you're in you're right where and you with, and with three first round picks, unless the first overall like, team picking first needs a quarterback, you have the ammo to trade up and get Williams if you want him. So you do. That, yeah, Drake is in that class next year. McCarthy should be. There's yeah. other there's other quarterbacks too. Yeah, but Caleb Williams is he's the prize. He's it. Yes, he's, he's the prize he, from a year plus out. If you if you don't take a quarterback this year, it's because you want Williams next year. It's not because you want JJ McCarthy. <laughs> it's because you want Caleb Williams. I or would Dr- assume so. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then do they move Brandon Cooks? I was shocked they didn't move Brandon Cooks during the season, but as I understand it, there's some weird contract thing where like the other team has to take on half the hit or some some such. But yeah, they have to move him now, right? Super pissed that he was not moved. So yes, I would think he would be traded. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um so oh, this split up here. Okay. So their uh draft here, they had two first round picks last year, Stingley and Kenyon Green. No, Stingley was the pick right before uh, Sauce Gardner, so that doesn't look that great. But what do you think of Stingley this year? I don't have a great answer for you. Um, yeah, it was just kind of there, right? He was there. I think he got banged up a little bit. He's a good yeah. player. He's a really good player. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, the Sauce thing makes it looks like it makes it look like. Yeah. But that position's so volatile. Stingley could be a better player than Sauce next year and it shouldn't surprise anybody he's a very talented guy it's yeah just some injuries and some other things kind of caught up yep uh Kenyon green actually did play pretty well which you would expect from the 50th overall pick as a guard but again yeah. how much value are you getting out of the guard position but apparently he's he's good um but the one i wanted to bring up was a 37th overall pick jalen petrie which yeah you, you were very excited about him in the pre-draft process but we went over this into the season, you're like Jalen Petrie's a good player. That's a player to look out for. And oh boy, is Jalen Petrie a good player? He is a very good player. It would be better for him if he would make more tackles. Like he, there's there are times when he's in position to make tackles, and he and he and he just doesn't. But you know, he's he was really good. Um, Brian Branch, the Alabama sort of nickel safety, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. in this particular draft is like a souped up version of petrie uh my guess is he's off the board in the top 15 picks range I but they're very so. similar players yeah um the fourth round they took damian pierce the running back went up starting for them right out of the gate was pretty good he did get hurt a bit down the stretch and you know but this just goes to show you can find good running backs later in the draft you do not need to be taking them early damian pierce is a perfectly fine, if not good, running back. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. What is John Mechie? Like, what? When, when oh yeah. Covers, 
what does he how does he finish out? And if he's a if he's a player and a part of things, then it makes it easier to move away from Cooks. I think they have to move away from Cooks no matter what. Yeah, it's just you've yeah. already got a built-in, you know, yeah. a guy who should know yeah. your system. And yeah. you know, he's not that he's fast like Cooks, but he's a he's a good player. And then pick 170 in the fifth round, Tegan Quitoriano or Quentin Tarantino actually be end up being very important on a Thursday night game as he, he caught a touchdown for the showdown on DraftKings. So that was uh yeah, he was the skeleton key for that one. All right. Third place team in the division, the Indianapolis Colts. <sighs> wow. They go four they go four twelve and one, which is about good enough for third in the shit division. Um, their Vegas win total was 10. Cleve said nine. They only won four. So to say they underperformed is a bit of an understatement. A little bit. Yeah. Um, to note though, they did beat the chiefs in week three. <laughs> yeah. That was Matt, was Matt Ryan starting then? I believe he was. Yep. yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So head coach Frank Reich was forced to start Sam Allinger, not Parker Allinger. Um, and, and then Frank Reich was Fired when it predictably did not work out. It's amazing <laughs> and, how that works out, right? Like I'm right. forcing you to do what I want you to do. And, oh, by the way, you're fired. Right, exactly. Thanks, uh, and and so then Jim Ursay decided to hire Jeff Saturday straight off the set of Get Up to come in and be the head coach with no experience of the Indianapolis Colts. They won the first game, talked a bunch of shit everywhere, and then lost their last seven games in a row. I love that. Talked a bunch of shit (laughs) and lost everything else. (laughs) They did. Oh, they were talking everywhere. They were chirping on Twitter. They were chirping in the media. Like, just just insane. Um, And so, yeah, Jonathan Taylor did miss most of the season with an injury. Um, they then fired head coach Jeff Saturday. They hired Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. They have um $13 million in cap room. Uh, in their draft capital, they have number four overall and three in the top 100. And then the same thing as the Texans. What did they do at the quarterback position? Are they going to trade up for the quarterback? Maybe they don't have to, but I, when you look at uh, Steichen, you look at where he was in Philly with Jalen Hurts, and you think about, you know, where I'm going, the quarterback that's out there that sort of fits that mold. Um, do you have to jump? Do you have to come up for Anthony Richardson? And I, my assumption is you still do, because I want to say Arizona's sitting at three, correct? Mm-hmm. You have to be fearful if you're sitting at four and what if somebody jumps in front of you for the player that you covet? It's, and it's not just jumping up to three because the Bears could trade back one spot and then trade back again. They could. So they could two, three. Could. Yeah. 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 So. I mean, it, this is one of those things where Indy could Indy could come to one. Yeah. And make, and make the offer that the Bears prefer. Mm-hmm. Because it puts them in the in the range of you know, this Carter Anderson. Have, They're Carter locked in Carter Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, and um, maybe Houston just decides not to play ball and that with that kind of an offer, and and Indy goes up and gets the guy that they want, which could be Richardson, and you know, um, in Indy's, I think Indy takes Bryce Young. Maybe. I mean, they got they got Michael Pittman. They got Jonathan Taylor. They got I mean, the offensive line's not great, but they got Quentin Nelson. They're in the dome. 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I think Bryce Young, and it's hard for me to see Jim Ursay being like, mm, that's passed on this guy with over nine million yards at Alabama. Like, think it'd be tough to sell him on somebody else. Possibly, I didn't consider that Ursay was going to leverage him. You know, the whole process, but he will. Yeah, yeah, it would just be. He seems like a difficult man to convince to change his mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he seems he seems a little stubborn to uh to put it mildly. Um outside of the quarterback position though, I I don't like this team is okay. I mean Shaq Leonard is old. Um they could use some help on on defense, but th- this is a team that's expected to win 10 games. Yeah. And that wasn't crazy. Right. So that they only won four, this this is a team that's a candidate to bounce back and win nine next year. Yeah, I think so. Because, I, I mean, I think the Taylor thing really crushed their offense. And um, and then you just get you get into situations where you're behind in games and your defense can't keep you in games and then your offense is turning the ball over. And it just sort of, you know, the snowball rolling down the hill thing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I could see them bouncing back a little and being, you know, a seven-win team kind of thing uh, with a younger quarterback. I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. Going over their draft from from last year, it, 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 this is tough for me. They So Alec Pierce, they didn't have a pick in the first round. Their first pick was 53 overall in the second. They took Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati now. He wasn't really used that much. No. But he's also a young receiver. And we've yeah. we're used to now young receivers coming and being great, but that's the elite ones. The yeah, non-elite ones still take a while. Two receiver. Yeah. Right. But even DK Metcalf and AJ Brown were great right away, but they were underdrafted. Yes. Right. The actual second round wide wide receivers and later still take a little while to develop. They are second year breakout candidates. The big time guys you want to break out immediately. Yeah. Right. Um so he's a second-year breakout candidate. If they add somebody like a Bryce Young, Alec Pierce is going to benefit. Oh yeah, for sure. And Michael Pittman will. Yeah. Um, I know you're dangling Jelani Woods and the other stuff going on that we have going on. Uh, he he is an intriguing player. Yes. He should take a step as well. He should. Yeah. Uh, I didn't list free agents. Mo Ali Cox feels like he has to be a free agent because I don't remember him ever signing a deal and he's been there for 9,000 years. Yeah. He has been there forever. It just feels like, or or he's a cut candidate or something like Jack Doyle retired. Now Mo Ali goes on somewhere and like Jelani Woods just finally gets the, the Dallas Goddard treatment from the new coach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the rest of this class, like none of these players really jumped out to me as having done anything this year. Did any of these players in with you watching do anything? No, I don't remember. I mean, I like Nick Cross coming out of Maryland, uh, but I don't remember I don't remember a single play that he made where I thought Nick Cross is an indie now. I don't right. Right. Yeah. So you don't have a first round pick and you kind of just blew the rest of the draft. <laughs> That's rough. I mean, we'll see. I, you know, like uh, if 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 Bernard Ryman can figure it out, and maybe he plays right tackle for you. Uh, if Jelani Woods becomes a starting tight end for you, and Pierce gives you something, that's not blowing the draft. But when you don't have a first round pick, you got to do better than that. You can't like you got to get somebody in there. I mean, you, like a, a Jalen Petrie type. You know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. get. 
Although Petrie was off the board by the time Petrie they picked. Went at 37. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. You'd yeah. want it. You'd want to have something to be a little more excited about than that. Right. All right. The second place team in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans. Who were objectively bad last year. Yes. Uh, finished seven and 10 for the audio listeners. I got a picture here of Derek Henry holding his arm. Uh, Vegas win total was nine. Cleve said 10. They got seven. Um, Derek Henry was injured in the middle of the season. Missed, missed a stretch in there. They needed the Jags to make the, in week 18. They needed to beat the Jags in week 18 to make the playoffs. They did not win. They started 0 2, then worked their way all the way back to 7 and 3, and then finished 7 and 10. Yeah, didn't they kind of lay an egg in week 18 as well? Yeah, they got, they just did just nothing. But uh, was Tannehill hurt? It was Willis, right? No, it was Josh Dobbs. Oh, that's right. That's right. Then with Josh Dobbs instead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Um, whoops. So um, when, you, when you make a plan to draft a player like Malik Willis in the third round and you do nothing to help him and then he starts games and you've done nothing to help him and he struggles a little bit, it shouldn't surprise here we are again. Should have seen that coming. Uh, that this was a very bad landing spot for Malik Willis. Um, yeah, Paul says they gave up on Willis, and that's true. However, you said he struggled a little bit, and that's he struggled a lot bit. He did. He looked very, very ill prepared to play in the NFL. Yeah, but give him an give. You got to give him an offense that's that works for his skill set. Yeah, no, I'm, and I'm with dropping you back and, and dropping back, you know, putting him under center and dropping him back and not allowing him to run and then getting mad when he does, um, you know, probably not great. Yeah, no, I completely agree. The way they used Malik Willis was terrible. If I were him, I'd just be demanding to trade, like just sit out <laughs> camp. Yeah, and he, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens because my, my assumption is Vrabel, when you, um, what was his name? Um, John Robinson. When he got fired in early mid-December, it was very obvious, very quick that Mike Vrabel wanted nothing to do with Malik Willis. Yeah. And I don't think that's changing. So yeah, I mean, Willis might be one of those guys that you could offer a, a sixth or seventh round pick for at some point in the run-up to the draft and maybe you get him. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly worth bringing in. Yeah. Um, the, uh, all right, Paul's out here saying he, he almost looked as bad as Trey Lance. We're not going to let the slander. We're not going to let the slander wow. slide here, Paul. That is uh that is just that is just that is just absolutely inaccurate. Um uh I will oh, be taking I will yeah, I will be taking more Malik Willis in um Superflex drafts this offseason. Uh for the Titans, their cap room this year is negative $23 million, which keep that in mind as we get to the offseason questions. Their draft capital, they have number 11 overall, three in the top 100. So here's the questions. Do they bring back Tannehill? Do they trade Derrick Henry? I don't know. Um, the The cap is like a, just a snapshot in time, so you just have to be compliant for like a, you know, a short window. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with Henry, and I can't imagine them bringing back Tannehill. Um but are they going to just roll with Dobbs? What are you doing? 
Like, well, they have they have number eleven overall. That puts them within striking distance of moving up if they want for one of the four quarterbacks, right? It does, but you don't have. I mean, you'd have to be sacrificing your your first next year because they don't have a ton of capital. You know what I mean? Like, you do have. I want to say you have a mid second and a mid third. And if you're going from 11 to, say, 3 or 4 or whatever it is, it's a big jump. Um, it might eat at all of that top 100 capital and then some. And this is not a good football team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this and feels this, thing, th- yeah, this know, feels like a Jimmy G team. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> like or, or some Jimmy G equivalent. Yeah, no, it does for sure. It's like... Um, I could see this being where Derek Carr ends up, which I don't know how, but I I could see it. Yeah, they certainly can't afford him right now. You know, socially, that's that's a nice place for him and his family, and you know, uh, you you definitely be moving on from Derek Henry if that were the case. Yeah, they're just they're in a rough spot because their wide receivers are garbage. They have Traylon Burks, Nick Westbrook Akine is a is a free agent. Robert Woods is as old as Lovey oh. Smith. Um Kyle Phillips is coming off of a major injury. They need help everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So for their draft here, the first round pick last year, Traylon Burks, number 18 overall, was hurt to start the season, was a bit slower to come on, but I thought he looked fine once he got going. He did. Yep. Um, second second round pick, Roger McCreary out of Auburn, thought he played pretty well. He did. Yep, thought he was thought he was just fine. So though both of those are hits at least. Now in the third round, they had two picks. They took at pick 69, Nicholas Petit-Frere, the um, – uh, offensive tackle out of Ohio State, who ended up starting for them and struggled, but struggled, in my opinion, kind of predictably. Like, he looks like he's sure. going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. He'll, I think he'll be an adequate, you know, average player. Yeah. Uh, third round, 86, they took Malik Willis, as we mentioned before. Not entirely sure why they did that. They were going to ever use him. Yeah. Um, so that's a wasted pick. Um, fourth round, they took Hassan Haskins. And uh, Chigo Quanco from okay. Maryland. And Chigozium Okonkwo is a player for real. And I think Kyle Phillips is too. Yeah, fifth round pick Kyle and Phillips. Slot receiver, kind of like a super quick dude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. This is the kind of draft from second round on that the Colts needed to have, but they didn't have yeah. a first round pick. This was yeah. a strong draft aside from the Malik Willis debacle. Yes, this is a good draft. Yeah, um, and they're going to need – you know what? I was thinking they're in a trade-up position. They might be in a trade-down position. Yeah. If somebody wants to come up to 11 for something, somebody starts falling, one of the corners somebody likes, yeah. right? They might be in a trade-back position to have to get more picks because they are they are in a ton of trouble. Yeah, I mean, is Taylor Luan back? I doubt it. Um. They they could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, all right. The champions of the AFC South, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this is one we give Cleve a lot of grief for his win total predictions. We give him a lot of grief, but he was on this one. 
Yeah. They finished nine and eight, first in the AFC South, lost in the divisional round at Kansas City. Vegas win total six and a half. Cleve said eight. He was he was all over this one. He was all over he Jacksonville. Was. Turn it around year one, right, right, just brand new coach. Let's go. Yeah, he was. It's a good story, too, because as bad as that situation was last year with Urban Meyer, which we should have seen coming, yeah. uh, for Peterson to get this turned around this quickly and for him to make uh, Lawrence look as good as he has, mm-hmm. it, it, that's impressive. It really is. Yeah. So they started the year three and seven, finished six and one down the stretch to uh to make it uh nine and eight win the division, uh, winning the aforementioned game in week eighteen over the the Titans to do so. They also in the season they traded for wide receiver Calvin Ridley, which a lot of people have forgotten about that they get to add Calvin Ridley Nikki. to this team next year. Nikki. Yeah. Yeah, and it got a good price for him too. Yeah, I mean, think about him at his best, playing well in that offense. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah, it's gonna. That's 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 a strong move for them. Uh, you mentioned this. Trevor Lawrence finally looked like what we expected. Clearly, Herb was a hindrance to the entire team. You yeah. mentioned that. Um, shout out to Jake. The Chargers came back from twenty-seven down to beat the Chargers in the wild card round. Shout out to Jake. That is so hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> it just is. Hey, remember when the Chargers had a 27-point lead against Jacksonville in the second half and Austin Eckler finished the game with six carries? Yes. <laughs> hey, Joe Lombardi. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you. <laughs> speaking That's of Joe Lombardi, off. speaking of Joe Lombardi, the USFL had their draft today. Um, <laughs> I assume that's where he's going to end up. Is he running an <laughs> offense in USFL somewhere? I'm just assuming because there's no way an NFL team's ever going to hire him again, right? He I couldn't do anything I with Stafford or Herbert. It, it it just makes yes. It's it's like that's the point. You've got Stafford and you neutered him. You have Herbert and you've neutered him. How about no? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cap room for the Chargers negative twenty four million dollars. IMO adios, Keenan Allen. Wait, cap room for the Jaguars is negative twenty four million. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the Chargers, but yes, it is uh negative twenty four million. Um, but who is who is it on their team? Uh, the Chargers are in a bad cap space too. Um, God, they have like a bunch of old players they can get rid of, but yeah, they're at negative twenty four right now. Is Calais Campbell one of them? Is any of Baltimore? Could be, maybe. Yeah, I can't think of who's who's really crushing their cap. <laughs> Christian Kirk. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Zay Jones. Although I guess they they paid out. Um, they paid off. They paid off this year. But yeah, they're in some some cap trouble this year. But I think like once all the free agents start coming off, they'll yeah. they'll be all right. Yeah. Um, draft capital number twenty four overall. That's so weird to think about with Jacksonville number twenty four overall. Um, it really is. And then three in the top one hundred. Um, so the questions going into this offseason and next year, will they be able to handle the pressure of being preseason favorites in the division? I think so. I mean, you've got an up, an up and coming quarterback in an ascendant offense. Um, Etienne really not didn't get going last year all that much. No, he played well. He had a pretty good season. He yeah, but it just he wasn't like um, yeah. 
focal point of their offense type thing. Well, they, yeah, they won't throw it to him, which is weird. I, I hope they learn to do that. Yeah. It'd be nice because he is an, an electric player. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that this is a, a team that will stay here for a little while. Yeah. And then do they still need to overspend to get free agents to sign with them now that there's some hype around them? Um, No, I don't think so. I mean, Florida, no state tax, nice weather, all that stuff. Uh, it does matter. I think it so you do have to live in Florida. Well, just, you know, just during football season. That's true. That's true. Which is a good time to be living in Florida, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So that's, so that's uh, the AFC South there, you know, much more competitive than we thought. It was cool that the Jags ended up winning it. You know, we had a um, uh, surprise winner of this division and that's, that's great. I'm excited for Jacksonville next year, but that's the only team. Eh, maybe the Colts, depending on what quarterback they get. But generally going into next year, Jacksonville's got to be a heavy favorite to repeat as champs, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yep. All right, NFC South. Oh, wait, sorry. The the, the draft picks. The draft picks. My goodness, for Jacksonville. Um, So they had the first overall pick. Trayvon Walker, Flash, looked okay, but we always knew it was going to take a while. Scott, are you there? I'm here. Devin Lloyd. <laughs> Devin Lloyd. Uh, I also, like I was frozen. I'm trying to read. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, also, good. first round pick, De- uh, Devin Lloyd. So they had two defensive players. Yeah. Um, I thought Lloyd looked good this year. And yeah. Played well. After that, though, they didn't get anything this past year out of anybody, right? Luke Fortner, Chad Mama, Snoop Connor never saw Carey, Greg, Greg Jr., Monterica Brown. Yeah, but I think I think you're going to get some stuff out of Muma. Um, okay. Very athletic linebacker. Uh, and Fortner played. I want to say Fortner did play. He did start. Oh, okay. Uh, to what level, I don't know, but he did play. Yeah. So, you know, is it a great class? No, but, you know, at the top, you've got Walker, who should emerge to be, you know, yeah, a serviceable pass. I, I, this was a mistake, but, you know, that's that's for a story for another time. Yeah. Yes. They should have taken Hutch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, to the NFC South. Last place in the NFC South, we have the Atlanta Falcons. For the people listening, the picture here is caveman football, and it's a caveman with what is admittedly a soccer ball, but still. It's uh given given that uh Arthur Smith doesn't the quarterback use their hands either. This is uh <laughs> it's, it's still fitting. What um, is the forward pass, people? Yeah, that, that man has no idea. So they go seven and ten to finish fourth in the NFC South. The Texans won three games to finish fourth. So the NFC South was a lot better. Yeah. Um, but mm, I don't know. So the um Vegas win total was five. Excuse me. Cleve said that they would win seven. He was dead on again. Bingo. Right. He's on right fire. on the marker. Yeah. 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 His misses were big, but he's got a couple where he just was ahead of the game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, nice. the Falcons. No. <laughs> yeah. The Falcons, the Falcons somehow won seven games despite never throwing a pass. Um. They won the last two games of the year to make the record more respectable than their overall performance. Like this feels like a five and twelve team. Yes. <laughs> um, 
but they ripped off a couple at the end. Drake London is the real deal. Yes, he is. He the is fantastic. Are how do you spread that uh, Arthur Smith offense out? A, probably a, a guy who doesn't want to throw the ball to Drake London and Kyle Pitts yeah. and make it work. Yeah, because Drake London had like a 29% target share and it came out to like six targets per game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's getting targeted like Devontae Adams, but only gets six targets per game because yeah. they never throw the ball. Um, I wonder if that's a reflection of their quarterbacks. And if they get somebody in there, he would actually open it up. Yeah. And I have a thought about that uh, for later. Uh, now, for the captain for the Falcons, as I believe this is the second most in the league. They have $56 million in cap space. There's a lot of cap space. That is. You can do pretty much anything you want. Yes. Um, and I, there's something I think that they should want to do. Draft capital, number eight overall, three in the top 100. So we'll, my note here, will head coach Arthur Smith throw the ball more with Drake London and Kyle Pitts if he gets a QB he trusts? Scott, tell me why the Falcons should not be the primary team trying to get Lamar Jackson. They should absolutely be the team trying to get Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that offense would go from what it looked like last year to pretty explosive and electric very quickly. In the dome, every secondary in that division sucks, yep. including their own. <laughs> like so this, what? this would be Kyle Pitts, excluding Mark, ex- excluding uh, uh, Mark Andrews. Thank Kyle you. Pitts and Drake London would be the best players Lamar Jackson's ever played with. Yes, and it's yes. not even close. Yes, um, you know, I they have the number eight overall pick. Give them number eight. Give them the first next year. Go get Lamar Jackson. You have $56 million in cap room at the start of the offseason. Just give it to Lamar Jackson. I'm not going to argue that. That would that would turn that – that offense would be super explosive. And then how does any other team – like the Saints are like, we're going to add Derek Carr. Good okay. <laughs> okay. Who cares? Right. Go for it. Yes. The Falcons should one hundred percent, yeah, be after be after Lamar Jackson. Um, and if it only cost them two first round picks to pay him the Deshaun Watson contract, it still makes them cheaper than Watson because Watson costs three first round picks. Yeah, yeah, they should absolutely be be doing this. And in fact, I think unless the Ravens exclusive tag Jackson and just say we are never trading him, the Falcons will fail if they don't get him. It just feels like the right fit. Um, mm-hmm. Giving the Ravens next year's first rounder plus the seventh or no, the eighth overall. Eight, eight, yeah. Draft, that'd be something I think that would intrigue Baltimore. Yeah. And even a little bit more. Give them a couple thirds as well. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It's, I mean, that's a great thought. It really isn't. And I think it's the perfect fit. Yeah, that would be that would be pretty fantastic. Um, uh, <laughs> seriously, they spent two top ten picks on London and Pitts. Throw the ball, <laughs> please. Um, so yeah, the Falcons again, just a frustrating team for fantasy. Frustrating in real life. Arthur Smith sucks, but give him Lamar Jackson, maybe he'll be better. Yeah. 
for yeah, their draft. Yeah. Now for their for their draft uh, last year, again eighth overall, Drake London smash. First wide receiver off the board, good pick. I mean, you could take an Olave or Garrett Wilson as well. Doesn't matter. Yep. Maybe even Jameis Williams, we'll see. But Drake London, absolute smash every way, every way possible. Yep. Um, he was really good. Yep. Uh, Se- really second round pick, Arnold Lebicetti out of Penn State. Yeah, fantastic. Super bendy, Gumby like edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Troy Anderson's a really good player, a, a do it all type um, out of Montana State. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to think of Ritter. I think they already have thoughts. Um, you know, Tyler Every, Algier is is a is a good running back, not a great running back, but everybody you know. everybody assumed correctly that Ritter would need multiple years to get there. Yeah, so I don't think Ritter had a bad rookie season, given that. Well, there, um, was, there was this this desire for people to to talk about him as a finished product entering the NFL because he had played so much and that he would take less time to, to get up and running than the average quarterbacks. That's, and I that's only people who haven't it, actually watched him play. That's I always found that as nonsense. Cause it's like, he needs time. Yeah. He needs a lot of time and he needs help. Yes. Um, boy, uh, he'd be a fine backup to Lamar Jackson. He he'd be perfect backup for Lamar Jackson. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah, Tyler Algier. He actually might be really good if you look at some of like the advanced metric sort of stuff. You know, forced tackles missed and yards after contact and all these other things. He's actually like he led the rookie running backs in most of them. Um, yeah. He he might he might actually be good. Yeah, in the fifth round. Yep. It's amazing. Um. Justin Schaefer and John Fitzpatrick are made up players. Yeah, those are those are not people. <laughs> yeah. So Atlanta a- Atlanta will either trade for Lamar Jackson or remain completely irrelevant, in my opinion. Well, if it's not Lamar, if it's not Lamar, who? Right. I mean, if if it's not Lamar, because Lamar, they can still call their like insane running amount. Yeah. Because they have Lamar, but the passes will be much more explosive and better yeah. and down the field and everything. So if it's Jimmy G, they're just going to run it 80% of the time. Yeah. If it's Carr, they're going to run it 80% of the time. And it's just not going to do anything. So unless they get Lamar, who really cares? Yeah. I'm with you. Third place team this past year, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, finished seven and ten, same record as the Falcons. Um, uh, third in the NFC South. Uh, ignore this note here, where it says it made the playoffs somehow, got destroyed by Kansas City. That is um in- inaccurate, leftover from when I was using this before. It's all good. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> the Saints did not make the playoffs and did not get destroyed by Kansas City. But Cleve did nail this one again. He did. The Vegas win total was eight. Cleve said seven. He was dead on again. Again. The answer to your question is no. Yeah. So the question I have here is, can anyone mention one interesting game for the Saints this year? No. No. Didn't happen. No, it did not. There was not a single a single one. I had to put a picture of Chris Olave because he was the only player who like did anything the least bit interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Juan Johnson looked good, but yes, I'm with you. 
Yeah, I mean, but looked good for like he flashes. He might do nothing for the next three years, right? Yeah. He might be Jordan Akins. Sure. Yeah. So we don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Chris Olave probably should have won Rookie of the Year, which is your prediction. Garrett Wilson was awesome. I mean, he was. He was. I, I don't think he's a deserving winner, but Olave was. Olave was the best. Um, somehow Dennis Allen is still their coach. Amazingly, <laughs> I'll I'll get that. Uh, cap room. They have the least in the league, negative fifty eight million dollars. Yeah, they can make all that up, I believe, by cutting one player, Michael Thomas. <laughs> I think he represents like $61 million on their cap hit. Wow. I think. Yes. Wow. And he's caught what three passes in three years? He has done nothing. <laughs> really. He's like he's like only he, caught three more passes than you. He disappeared. Like he he disappeared when COVID showed up. Yes. <laughs> he, he literally really has did. not existed. Um so draft capital, number 29 overall, three in the top 100. So the questions are, what do they do at the quarterback position, and how in the world do they improve their team with this cap situation? But if all they have to do is cut Michael Thomas, then all of a sudden their cap situation is not so bad. Yeah, don't don't hold me to that, but I do think he is I think he is uh, like $60 million of cap space this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't, know how much they, I don't know how much dead money they would eat uh, to cut him, but you almost have to cut him. Yeah. And then that frees you to sign a player like Derek Carr or Jimmy G or somebody like that who, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what that feels like. Yeah. Their number 29 is way too late to draft a quarterback in this class. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to draft Tanner McKee to come in and start. No. Um, And they don't have the ammo to move up from 29 to where they'd have to get to draft one. No. They do not. And the quarterbacks on roster are Jameis, Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill. I feel like I'm missing somebody. It's but purgatory. Yeah, there's just nothing. There's nothing doing there. Yeah. Um, this team was irrelevant last year, and I don't see a way that they're really not irrelevant next year unless the other teams all just stay really bad and they happen to be the one that wins the division or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's ugly. just ugly. Yeah, bad bad situation there. Although I did not know that Michael Thomas was so much of the cap that yeah, I just probably get... look at that because I don't want to um well e- even if it's not sixty, it's a large amount of what they need to do to get right. Yes. See, I thought he was like twenty million. I'm gonna tell you what he is. Okay. While you do that, I'll scroll down to the draft here. Um the Saints did not have a lot of draft picks. In my opinion, they made them count. Uh, with the 11th overall pick, they took Chris Olave, who we mentioned probably should have been Rookie of the Year, although Garrett Wilson was a great was a great choice as well. With the 19th pick, they took Trevor Penning, a tackle out of Northern Iowa, that during the draft process, Scott said was a holding penalty machine. But I thought he ended up playing pretty well during, during the season here. Second round, they took Elante Taylor, safety out of Tennessee, who seemed to play okay. And then DeMarco Jackson and Jordan Jackson, I didn't see much of, but, you know, they could be okay too. Um, His cap hit 
uh, is $59.448 million. Okay. Well, that'll do it. <laughs> Which is crazy. For, um, yeah, for a wide receiver that runs slants. Yes, no kidding. And I I want to say it would cost them um, $14 million to do that. So That's a no-brainer. You'd say 45. Yeah, so he's gone. Michael Thomas is on the market. I think so, unless I'm reading the whole thing wrong. But yeah, no, that seems pretty. That seems pretty straightforward. All right. Uh, oh, thoughts on Trevor Penning? How do you play this year? Um, I thought he was fine. I, I do think that they got him dialed back a little, uh, a little less emotional mm-hmm. uh, because he was. Like at the Senior Bowl two years ago, he was doing stuff like, dude, if there was a quarterback there, you, you're you sending him for an ACL reconstruction, firing a defensive end at his at his knees. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And then he was getting he was getting into it uh, much too aggressively for 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 a middle of a practice amongst all stars type of players like he was just. He was over. Uh, he, he was over the line, uh, is the best way to put it. He just was. Now, what did they do to get him under control? I don't know. Um, did he miss time with some injury? I I think so, but I don't think I don't think it was a ton. Yeah, no, I don't think he missed a ton of time, but it, but it just seemed like the, that when he came back, he was much more restrained and and under control, while still you know playing reasonably well yeah yeah um so the second place team in the nfc south was the carolina panthers amazingly amazingly yes like i I, i'm still shocked that they managed to do this because they fired their coach right in the middle of the year and still somehow pulled this off Yeah, um, they ran the ball extremely well. I know they went real run heavy. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold sort of came back and was a bit of a reclamation project for them. Played pretty well at times towards the end of the season. Yeah, they they played. They started with Baker Mayfield, then went to PJ Walker, then went to Sam Darnold. Um, and we'll get to why they had to do all that a little bit here a little bit later. Look at um, Cole, he's all over this one too. Yes, that's what they say. Vegas win total six and a half. They won seven, so they went over. Cleve said eight. Yeah. All over yeah. it. Yeah. He did a great job with that one. Um so they opened the uh opened the season one and five, but we're in a position to win the division in week seventeen. They let Mike Evans go ten, two oh seven and three instead. <laughs> Oops. They hey, did good, our Lions. Good things you guys passed on Justin Fields for J.C. Horn, so things like this wouldn't happen. They did. Uh, they did obliterate our Lions. They did. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, Mike Evans just out of nowhere shows yeah. up and just absolutely murders them in a must-win game. <laughs> um, let's see. So they fired head coach Matt Rule in season. They made Steve Wilkes the interim head coach. The players wanted Wilkes to be made full-time coach, so of course the Panthers hired Frank Reich instead. Yeah, and it seems like they're uh, kind of copying what the Lions have done, what Dan Campbell's done by bringing a bunch of 
old players. Yeah. Like, you know, which is smart. Um, they've even brought somebody. Isn't Staley in Carolina I, right now? I think so. Yeah. I think he went yeah. down there. Um, they traded Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco in the middle of the season. And that was just good for everybody. What did they get? Do you know? I don't remember offhand what they got, but they got, I think they got like some, some more picks later. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, so let me see this here. So the trade CMC in the middle of the season worked out good for everybody. Their cap room is only negative 10, but negative $10. It's negative $10 million. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's nothing right to get out of. Yeah. No, it's not a big deal at all. Yep. Um, draft capital number nine, overall four in the top 100. Um, is that fourth one maybe coming from? I, I assume Sam so. Sam Fran for McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I assume so. So, a lot of mocks right now have Richardson going to them at number nine. You and I both don't think he's going to be there at number nine. Yeah, yeah. That does Carolina have the heart commitment and ammo to move up and try to get him or another one of these quarterbacks if they wanted to? Are they too far back? I don't think they're too far back. It's just a it's a matter of who do you got to jump, and I would say. Knowing nothing, um, they probably need to f- get in front of six with Detroit and not even make Detroit your trade partner. Uh, maybe they'd have to come to five. Yeah. But Seattle might be willing to accommodate them to do that. But I do think if they that's don't. Even, that's even if he's even there at five. Yeah. So I'm thinking that if he. If, if the Panthers don't trade up for a quarterback, they need to trade down and target quarterback next year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they should be in like the Jimmy G sweepstakes. No, no, no. That's the, they need, they need a young player who can grow with this roster. That's a, it's a younger yeah. roster. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a bad roster. And if, I think if you get good quarterback play, you probably win the division with this team. Yeah, I mean, unless Lamar goes to Atlanta, <laughs> unless yeah, well, that's a whole other you know. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other thing. But yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, we'll see. Will they trade uh, Brian Burns? Do you think that could be what I they need know. to do to move up? He would be a piece that would help them go up. Yeah, for sure. I, Seattle would certainly take him. Oh my God, that's that's the trade right there. Yep. We'll give you nine and Burns when we come to five. They would do that. Yeah. Nine and Burns? I would just do Burns for five. I don't think they would do that. You don't think Seattle would do that? No. I don't. Just if, Car- if-, if Carter and Anderson are off the board? Yeah, I just think that they're too uh, – they lost, they lost these picks too much. Yeah. Okay. If I were the Lions, I would trade number six for Brian Burns. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean he he would give you uh, something you don't you currently don't have. Yep, for sure. Um, so for their draft last year, first round pick six overall, Ike Aquanu from North Carolina State. He struggled at times, but you saw the athleticism. I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I do too. Their next pick was it to number 94 overall. They took Matt Corral, the quarterback of Ole Miss, who suffered a Liz Frank injury in the summer and missed the entire season. Brutal. Yes. 
Um, but does give them something in their back pocket as a possible quarterback. Yes. So might be another reason to target next year instead. Um, and then after that, did any of these players do anything? Scott Brandon Smith, Amari Barno, Cade Mays, or Kalen Barnes? Not. I'd love to tell you that they did, but I don't. I don't know. Not not offhand. I mean, they might have played a little bit, but there was no like, oh yeah, yeah that's you know, no. none of that popping out from right nope. there. So, no. um, but I'm with you. If they get a, a proper quarterback, they could turn this around. And that is because the champions of the NFC South will look nothing like they did before. No, no, because that is the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Tom Brady is retired for good. Yep. And that team is in trouble. Yes. Uh, so they go eight and nine. I'm just going to have to win first <laughs> by one game in the NFC South, despite the losing record. A Vegas win total was 11 and a half. Cleve said 12. So Cleve was off on this one. He also had them going to the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, now they won this Brady division. Dis- yeah, they, they won this division despite being objectively terrible. Yes. Um, they lost the wild card round at home to Dallas. Tom Brady unretired, got divorced, and played the worst that he's ever played in his career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's, true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's right, right? Um, he then retired for good, as we mentioned. Now, their cap room is negative $53 million. However, that number comes from before Brady retired. So I have to imagine that number is way lower with Brady off the books. But is he off the books, though? I mean, if he's retired, he can't count against the cap, can he? His dead money can. Do you want me to look? Sure. Paul says, God, this division was awful. It really was. Like, they had better records in the AFC South, but they were a lot worse. Yeah. Um, And most of it's just Atlanta wasting London and Pitts. (laughs) Like... If they would just throw the ball, this division would have been a lot better. Um, draft capital for the Bucks, number 19 overall, three in the top 100, so pretty standard right there, but they're in a position where they don't need something uh, standard. Questions for them going into the next offseason are um, uh, pretty pretty straightforward. Number one, what are they going to do at the quarterback position? Right now, the only quarterback that they have under contract is Kyle Trask, and He's not going to be enough to get it done. Personally, I think this might be the Jimmy G landing spot is Tampa Bay. Yeah, it could be. If I'm looking at this right, he has a $35.1 million dead money hit that they are going to have to eat this year. But what was his total cap number? 35.104. So they just have to eat it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know exactly what the rules are, but that's what it's saying. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Um, they might not be able to afford Jimmy G. They might be in the Sam Darnold sweepstakes. Possibly. Which the is Marcus Mariota sweepstakes. About, about them having to be almost stuck with Trask, which is <laughs> not, not great. No. Not the not the position you want to be in. Um, however, they do have a lot of old people on the roster who I'm sure are eating up a lot of this cap. So they need to be able to get younger talent to replace dinosaurs like Levante, David, Logan, Ryan, Akeem Hicks, and Julio Jones. Yeah. 
all four of them come off, that's got to help the camp a little bit. Also, are they going to trade Chris Godwin? Given that information, they might have to. I mean, maybe. I don't think they'll be trading Evans, but maybe Godwin. Yeah. Maybe. Also, you know who they should trade Chris Godwin to? You know who would pay a fortune for Chris Godwin? Um, I don't know. Kansas City. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, you're right. Yep. I bet they could get a first and a third for Godwin from Kansas City. Just get us a proven proven wide receiver. The only receivers Kansas City have under contract right now are Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. <laughs> That's not good. You know, that is that is uh, not going to get it done. As much as as much as I have both of them a best ball last year and will probably have again this year, that is not going to get it done for um for them. Godwin to Kansas City would be pretty Pretty fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it would. All right. Looking at the, the draft for the Bucks here. Um, no first round pick. They did have the first pick of the second round. They took Logan Hall, the defensive tackle out of Houston. Um in hindsight, that probably should have been a wide receiver. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, they took Luke Gernica, offensive tackle out of central Michigan. He must have played. He did play. Yeah, because they had all those injuries. Yep, he did play. Uh, he did not play great, but you know, first year player, yep. um, middle of round two, kind of what do you expect? Yep. Rashad uh, White played pretty good. Yeah, he played good. pretty well. Was stuck behind Fournette for some reason after it was. It, it wasn't as drastic as Zeke and Pollard, but it was pretty clear White's better than Fournette at this point. Yes. Um. Yeah. Kate Otten, fourth round tight end, hit. Legit. Yeah, hit. Smash, smash that pick. Jake Camarda, the punter from Georgia, seems fine. Yep. Zion Um, Pollum is a crazy athletic big corner mm -hmm. uh, who probably will transition to safety. Um, He played some. Yeah, he played some. Yeah. Um, And then Coe Keefe, the sixth-row tight end, also a hit. It's like a blocking leak out of the whatever play actually tight end. He was okay. Yeah. Uh, And then Andre Anthony, no idea. No clue. Yep. Yep, no clue. Um. So that's the that's the Bucks draft right there. Again, White and Otten, great picks. But given the position that they're in right now, they couldn't be taking a punter in the fourth round. No, <laughs> that needed no. to be that needed to be somebody, somebody else. So that's the South Division um, reviews. Jake Jake just popped in. No Cleve tonight. No Cleve tonight. Um, which is too bad because this was actually one of his better performances. Get yeah, through really the totals. Well. He really did. He did really well. Yeah, yeah he did. Um, so next week, I believe is the North division previews, uh, or reviews. We're going to review the Northern, the Northern division teams. Um, you know, both, both of those much more exciting than this one. We're going to get the Bengals in there. We're going to get crazy ass Aaron Rodgers, and we'll get to talk about the lions and all, and all sort of that. But, um, I just like going back over sort of what we thought about the teams beforehand, seeing what happened, the story of the team throughout the season, and just sort of discussing what they need to do going forward. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you, everybody who was in chat. We really appreciate it. Please like the like the uh, video. If you're listening on audio, it's a YouTube live stream. There's a link down below in the show notes. Like, subscribe, all that, so you get notified when we're going when we're going live. Um, Scott, any final words before we get out of here? We're good. Looking all right. Next week. Yep. Well, we'll be back next week with the uh, uh, North Division North Division reviews. We will see y'all then. Peace.